Thank you, Brother Parker. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to let you be seated for a moment tonight while I want to give honor where honor is due. I want to say that it's both in high privilege and honor of mine to have been invited to come to La Grande and preach the Northwest Apostolic Conference. What a great host of preachers, pastors, and mighty men of God represented in this house tonight. And I feel like I'm the least of all to be in this sacred desk tonight. But I want to do my very best and give to you what the Lord has given to me for this meeting. It was in August of 2016, the great flood of 2016 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that we had 27 inches of rain in 24 hours and great host of friends and churches across the country began to call and come to our aid. We lost uh, several million dollars worth of real estate and our entire building was destroyed and all of our bus fleet and everything that we had worked for so hard and uh, brother Jesse Parker called and said I want you to know that I'm going to help you financially and we're going to help you any way we can and for that we were grateful unbeknowings to me he sent his crew brother Craig Walter and his sons and they bought all of the materials for oh uh, 72,000 square feet of building all the plumbing and fixtures and and all of them the things that go into a building as far as the mechanicals are concerned and they bought it up here in Oregon and hauled it down on a large uh, trailer nearly a semi trailer bought their own fuel bought all of the all of the materials and brought them down and then got there late at night and started working and three days later they were a hundred percent complete and took off back to La Grande Oregon and then he did that for just a few dollars of what all of that work was worth and would not accept anymore and then sent a large offering down with them so this is a great church tonight and you are great people and I want to publicly thank you and give you honor because it's due to you tonight for your heart toward the work of God <clears throat> if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting or being lied on and not deal in lies or being hated and not give way to hating yet don't look too good and to talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster you treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you've given your life to broken, stoop, build them up again with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all life's earnings, risk them all in a turn of pitch and toss, lose, start again at your beginnings, Never breathe a word about your loss. 
If you can force your heart and your nerve and your sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone. When all that's in you is the will that says to them, hold on and be strong. If you can walk with kings and never lose the common touch. If you can talk with crowds and never lose your virtue. If all men count with you but none too much. If you can feel the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds of long, hard, distance run. The earth is yours and all that's in it. And what's more, you're going to be like Pastor Jesse Parker, my son. What a man. Jesse Parker, and I say that, uh, I say that with the utmost respect, is to the state of Oregon in the Northwest what many patriarchs of the apostolic movement were to other parts of the country and to the world. And you say that he's bold and he's brazen and that's the kind of man that you want whenever God gets ready to blaze a trail in uncharted territories. God sends a mighty anointed apostolic prophet. And that's the kind of man that you've got leading this church tonight and then this conference. And I want to say that I, it is my honor to call you my friend, Brother Parker. And we esteem you highly as an elder. And we appreciate all that you have done and are doing for the apostolic movement. And that's not a eulogy for you. He said, I'm not dead yet. He's not ready for the junkyard yet. He still feels like a brand new Corvette. He don't need a rocking chair. He's still wide open for Jesus and still doing the greatest work that he's ever done. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and I'm so looking forward as we stand across this house tonight. I'm so looking forward to all of the preachers that are coming on behind us in the next few days. <clears throat> and we are, we are looking forward to what the Lord's going to do in all of these services. And to those that are listening on Holy Ghost Radio in the south and on the east coast. We won't be long here tonight. It's a few hours later where you are. You'll be able to be in the altar call with us in just a few minutes. Everybody said amen. All right, and that's evangelistically speaking. The book of Hebrews in chapter number 12 and verse number 22 is where I call your attention this evening. Hebrews 12, 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator, of the new covenant and of the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. And I'm choosing for a title to this message tonight from verse number 23, the spirits of just men, the spirits of just men. God bless you as you're seated in the fear of the Lord tonight. The word spirit being defined is the principle of the conscious life. It is the vital principle in human beings that animates the body and mediates between the body and the soul. 
The word of the Lord could categorize spirits in two major groups. And that is good spirits and evil spirits. There is no mundane or middle ground when it comes to the spiritual realm. We live in an hour where there are many shades of gray. The black and white lines are being blurred. Certainly, someone said, God would rather me to be in the middle of the road or to be lukewarm than he had to be cold. Jesus had scorching rebuke for the church of Laodicea in Revelations 2 because they were neither hot nor cold. God said, if you're hot, that's the way I want you. Red hot apostolics are the most effective kind. And then he said, I want you to be cold because if you're cold enough, you'll go searching out a fire that'll warm your soul. And every good cold and stiff and starchy apostolic needs a good ringing out by a red-hot anointed prophet. And then he said to Ephraim in Hosea 6, verses 7 and 8, Ephraim, he said, thou art a cake half-turned. He said, uh, you're a burnt crust on one side and raw dough on the other side. You're good for nothing. Gray hairs are here and there upon your head, and you know it not. He said, the slow and deadly assassin of your soul called compromise has crept upon you, and you are the least of all to know it. So when, it's, when it comes to spiritual matters, there is no middle ground in the universe. Every square inch and every split second is either claimed by God or counterclaimed by the devil. None of us are in the valley of decision. You're either on the Lord's side or you're on someone else's side. The Bible speaks of evil spirits in 1 Samuel 16 and 14 when, when an evil spirit from the Lord came upon King Saul and troubled him. God commanded Samuel, I don't want you to go back to him. As long as you live, don't go back and talk to him. Seeing that I have rejected him from being king. And God took his Holy Spirit from Saul, who at one time prophesied. And the sons of the prophets said, is Saul also among us? And gave unto him a devil. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. The high places are the ones that Satan wants to rule from. And we as the people of God have got to physically and spiritually reach up and pull him down from the high places of our city. You, you better thank God with everything inside of you that you've got an anointed apostolic prophet for a pastor that's leading you in this day and age. God's prophet is not a modern day diplomat. 
out to arrange a compromise. Neither is God's apostolic anointed prophet, a politician, out to call a truce with the enemy. And I tell you tonight that there can be no truce and there can be no compromise with the devil. But God is looking for some men and some women and some preachers in this conference tonight that are going to reach out and make spiritual warfare and storm the gates of hell. For we know that Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm thankful tonight that I'm a part of a hell proof church. And you see over here in the book of 2 Corinthians 11 and 4, Paul said that, that he said, uh, suddenly a spirit came and beguiled Eve. The serpent beguiled Eve with all subtlety. And he said, though he that cometh preacheth another Jesus than what I have preached to you. I might have said there's only one Jesus, that's right, but there's some people that's preaching another Jesus tonight. That Jesus, I don't know. And then he said, if they come preaching um, another gospel that I have not preached. And then he said, if you receive another spirit that ye have not received, ye might well bear with him. Over here in Luke eleven twenty four, Jesus said, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. He, the unclean spirit, walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none, saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And he returning, finding that house swept and garnished, has thanked God for repentance that sweeps and garnishes out the house. That is still in order. Old-fashioned, but it's still in order. Ah, but when he came, he said, something's not right. They didn't put anything in the place of the devils that left them. And he said, I'm taking seven devils more wicked than the first and the last half of that man shall be seven times more wicked than the first state of that man. Ah, another spirit. Balaam had another spirit. He could prophesy, and yes, he did talk to the Lord, but every time he opened up his mouth to bring a curse on the people of God, God reversed the curse into a blessing. Hey, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the word of the Lord said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. We're certainly there tonight. They shall be covetous and truce breakers without natural affection, unthankful and unholy. If you want to know the precursor for unholiness, it is unthankfulness. I'm thankful tonight for who I am and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and we do not go around making apologies eight years ago one of our famous politicians went across the world and made apologies to the different countries of the world for us being the leader of the free world we don't make apologies tonight for who we are and let me just tell you we don't make apologies for being apostolic and essential acts 238 salvation and we don't make apologies for being sanctified and separated from the world I'll make a deal with you as 
as soon as the devil apologizes to us for molesting our children's souls and for getting good people to backslide, as soon as the devil apologizes to us for what he's done to the people of God, then we'll apologize. But I want you to know the devil does not apologize and neither should the people of God be apologetic for who we are. Hallelujah. Amen. But he said in 2 Timothy 3, he said that those people have a form of godliness and they deny the power thereof. A form of godliness is worse than no godliness at all, for it denies the power thereof from such turn away for such a they that let go into houses and lead silly women captive such as Janice and Jambres which withstood Moses and Aaron but they shall proceed no further let me tell you tonight that false religion and other spirits can only take the religious world so far and when they get to the place where they can go no more they need more programs and more fog machines and more lights and more rabbits to be pulled out of the hat to try to keep people in the congregation oh but when Janice and Jambres could proceed no further and God commanded Aaron to take the rod and to smite the dust of the ground and Aaron upon smiting it it crawled with lice on the ground and Janice and Jambres tried with their enchantment but they could not and told Pharaoh this is the hand of God for the dust of the ground was representative of yours and my life and they could not change the lives of humanity but a true authentic I'm not talking about a counterfeit religion I'm not talking about a make-believe experience but a true authentic power of the Holy Ghost can change a man and a woman you know the gospel just doesn't make sense does it it doesn't make sense but it works it doesn't make sense how God can take a drunkard or a drug addict or the worst of men and women in the city and bring them to an apostolic altar and clean them up and wash them up and make them whiter than snow and wash their sins away and make them the best soul winner the church has ever known it don't make sense but it works oh Oh, can I tell you tonight uh, uh, that the church uh, is full of used-to-be's and has-beens and all washed-ups. We used to be adulterers. uh, We used to be fornicators. uh, We used to be effeminate. uh, But we all washed up uh, by the blood of Jesus. Somebody said, y'all, a bunch of has-beens. You better believe we are. We have been sinners. We have been lost. We have been blind. But thank God tonight we see. And he said in 2 Timothy 3 and 10, he said there are nine indicators. There's nine fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22. There's nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. There's nine indicators here in 2 Timothy 3 and 10. He said this is how you tell the difference in the real and the fake. What is his doctrine? That's number one. Paul said what is that man's doctrine? Uh, oh, and what is his pay- 
patience and his suffering. And he went through a list. Oh, and it talked about the evil spirits throughout the word of God. But there are indicators as to what separates the evil from the holy. Amen. God always wanted a difference between the church and the world. God never did intend for the church to blend in with the world. God never did intend for us to be good mixers. We don't fit in with the world. We don't want to hobnob with the world. We don't want to try to be ecumenicalized into the world. We don't want to become institutionalized into this world. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. After a while, when Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, it wasn't very long that he was in the gate of Sodom. It wasn't very long that his daughters married Sodomites. It wasn't very long that he prostituted his daughters to a group of Sodomites. It wasn't long till his wife had to look one more time. What is it about this world that made my husband do what he did? And I preach to some men tonight and to tell you that you better watch where you're looking tonight. You better look out looking towards Sodom. You better look toward this house. You better look toward a preacher. You better look toward the altar. I want to tell you tonight, there's only one thing right, and this is it. There's only one way. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, ten and one of John, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. For I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall go in and out and find pasture. I said, Jesus is the door. Hey, man, I want to tell you tonight about some good spirits over here. There was a man by the name. He said, just men made perfect. And I believe tonight that as God commanded Moses in Numbers 11 and 17, he said, Moses, get on out here and take 70 men with you. And I want you to put your hands out. And I'm going to take the spirit that is upon you. And I'm going to put it on these men. Oh, there's a, such a thing as hand-me-down spirits. There's some people in the church whose parents were bitter. And they always nitpicked the preacher to death. And they always had a snide remark for the church service. And it got on their children. And it got on their grandchildren. Those old evil hand-me-down spirits. But there's some other hand-me-down spirits. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, I can tell. Amen. I'm looking at granddaddies here tonight that love the church and their sons love the church and their grandsons love the church. And you get a momentum. Amen. And, they tr and Moses transferred those spirits. You hear me? I said Moses transferred those spirits. God took it off of him and put it on the people around him. That's why you got to be careful who you, who you rub shoulders with. You got to be careful who you lend your ear to. You better be careful who's entertaining you. You better be careful who you're letting speak into your ears. Because you are what you're around. I don't have to know what you are. Just show me your friends. Just show me who you're rubbing shoulders with. Just show me who you're fellowshipping with. And I'll tell you what kind of man you are. I can't think of any finer men and people of God to fellowship with tonight than the one God apostolic tongue talking. Jesus name, holy rolling, I'll running. A devil hating, I'll running. Is this an I'll running church? Is this a dancing church? Is this a Jesus name church?
church? Is this a holy rolling church? Somebody said, we don't roll no more. Can I tell you that when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll roll and you'll run. Somebody said, y'all's church has got too much rock and roll music in it. That's right. Rock of age is cleft for me. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. We got rock and roll music in the church. I got my foot on the rock and I'm ready to roll. I got my mind made up and my heart is fixed. Hey man, I want to preach about some just men tonight. I'm, I'm looking at a man by the name of Caleb. Oh, don't we need that old spirit of Caleb in this church tonight? There was three or two or three million Jews that come up out of the land of Egypt and ten of them said there's no way, no how that we can conquer the land of Canaan. There's great walled cities and we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. But here come a boy by the name of Caleb and Caleb still the people. He said we be more more than able to conquer the land. And God said, watch it. God said, my servant Caleb, he had another spirit on him. Everybody else, your carcasses are going to rot and die in this wilderness. But there's going to be two men over the age of 20 that's going to come in in 40 years. And one of them was by the name of Caleb. Do you know that Caleb has a contagious spirit? There's some boys in the school. Amen. That'll tell you, you can't live for God and go to this school. You can't live for God and live in this subdivision. But there's still some Caleb's that'll still live for God no matter what school they're in. They'll still live for God no matter what neighborhood they're in. There's still some men like Caleb. I'm preaching to you tonight that we need the spirit of Caleb on us when the rest of the world says that the apostolic church is over and done with and we can't have evangelism and we can't grow big churches. Let me just remind you that the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. I feel that old Caleb spirit that said we be more than able. We be more than able. We be more than able. Hallelujah. We be more than able. Where you at, Caleb, here tonight? Hey, man, I'm calling Caleb to the house. The spirits of just men. Oh, I'm not talking about conjuring up. I'm not talking about communicating with the dead. I'm not speaking about necromancy. But I'm talking about the spirits of just men. We've come unto Mount Zion. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We are the church of the firstborn. We've been born again. We come to the church where there's an innumerable company of angels and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Oh, what about you, Joshua? Joshua's over there with him. Joshua made up in his mind. He said, as for me and my house, you can serve the God in the land of whose am in the land of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. You can serve the God that your father served on the other side of the flood. There's a lot of people that's serving the God of the NFL. I can't for the life of me understand any red-blooded American that calls himself American that'll still go out and pay money or watch them on television. Some kneelers that don't even 
even have the guts and the intestinal fortitude or metal to stand up for the national anthem and you still go out and you worship your God you still pay a hundred dollars to watch that oblong pig skin go through a goal post and you call us crazy I said you call us crazy because we run and shout and sweat and preach and scream when we come to church I don't think we're crazy I think you're the one that's crazy I said this is why God there's three kind of worship number one there's idol worship I-D-O-L there's a lot of idolatry worship number two there's idol worship that's I-D-L-E that was the kind that Amos preached against he said here you are worshiping at Bethel and Kilgal he said you built this altar in the wrong place and God said I hate your music I hate the way that you come to church I hate the way that you do everything I don't even recognize it and Amos was mocking them. That was I-D-L-E worship. It was idol. It didn't count with God. But then there's idol worship. I-D-E-A-L and that's John 4, 24 in spirit and in truth. Not the, I said not anything more but zeal and enthusiasm and excitement and unction. Oh, I'm thankful tonight that the apostolic church is still a shouting church. It's still a spirit-filled church church is still oh it's still set a fire like it was 2,000 years ago amen oh worship and Joshua said but as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord I wonder if there's some moms and dads here tonight that's got the spirit of Joshua that said as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord we're going to serve the Lord we're going to wait on the Lord for they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. For they, amen, that wait on God and worship the Lord. And there's some other spirits of just men. And not just men, but let's look at some women here tonight. Over here in the book of Ruth, there was a little woman. In fact, she was one of three women named in the genealogies. She was one of three. Two of the three were harlots by Profession. And third was a Moabitess damsel. She was not even an Israelite. And this one by the name of Ruth, when her husband is dead, and her brother-in-law's dead, and her father-in-law's dead, and you know what? They would not have died had they not left Bethlehem, Judah, and gone down in a famine. You can run from a famine, and you'll meet a bigger one every time. You just got to say, I'm not going to run from my trouble no more. I'm going to stay right here and take care of business. But they ran, and, and, and Malan and Chilean's dead, and and here's and here's Naomi, and Naomi says, "Go back home, go back to the gods that you served, and go back to your families." Oh, and Orpha, she wept bitterly on her mother-in-law's shoulder and cried and went back. Her name means "turn back," Orpha. But here was Ruth in Ruth one and sixteen, and she spoke immortal words and said, "Entreat me not to leave thee." neither from following after thee for whither thou goest I will go whither thou lodgest I will lodge I wonder if they got any roots here tonight
tonight that'll get with your church. I said, Naomi, Naomi, and Ruth. Ruth is a type of the church. And when she went to, amen, she said, whither thou goest, I will go lodge and lodge and die, I'll die. And she got over to Bethlehem, Judah, and she went to work in the field. I said, she went to work in the field. It's time that the church go to work in the field. It's not enough just to throw a sign up on the side of the road and say, we're open for business. You got to go to work in the field. You got to start knocking on some doors. You got to start buying some vans and buses. You got to start inviting people to church. You better start passing out some tracks. I said, you better get to work in the field. And when she went to work out in the field, hear what the Bible said, Boaz. Boaz was a type of Jesus. And Ruth was a type of the church, the bride. And he said, I don't know who she is, but I want you to drop some handfuls of purpose on her. And I tell you that when you go to work in the field, your feeble means in and of themselves are not enough. There's four calls to a soul winner tonight. Number one, there's the call from above. Isaiah 9 and 6, who shall go for us? And whom shall I send? And then in Luke 16, there's the call from hell. Go tell my five brothers, don't come here. He's, he's preaching from the, from the place called hell. And then there's the call from without. The Macedonian call of Acts 13 that sends somebody to preach to us. And then there's the call that is from within where Paul and Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen. And Ruth went to work out there and God dropped some handfuls of purpose on her. And she dropped it and she come back home and Naomi said, where have you been? She said, I've been over here in the field of a man by the name of Boaz. And she said, that's the kinsman redeemer. I want you to go and I want you to take a bath and put on some clothes and put on some perfume because it's time that you can win. But before she won him, Boaz had to give the road to a, to a man whose name the Bible did not see fit to mention. They called him the nearer kinsman. Do you know that Boaz should not have been mentioned in the Bible? I know it's there and God put him there, but he should not have been mentioned. There was a nearer kinsman than Boaz was. But here was the attitude and what a spirit. He said to Boaz, I don't want to buy this girl lest I mar my inheritance. I don't want to get mixed up with this woman. I don't want to mess up my heritage and my heritage. There's some people that don't want to get mixed up with us Holy Ghost filled people. There's some people that's got a spirit that said we don't want to get mixed up with that essential crowd. Y'all believe that a man has to be born again of the water and the spirit to go to heaven? That's right. But we also believe that if you're not born again of the water and the spirit, you will burn in the lake of fire. It's not a way of salvation. It is the way of salvation. Some people don't want to get mixed up with Northwest Apostolic Conference. That's all. That's all of the essential crowd. And they trace their roots back. I wasn't there, but I know the history because I know from historians have told me. But they said in the 40s that we shall all keep the unity of the brethren until we come into the unity of the faith. And what they said was, we do not believe that Acts 2.38 is essential for salvation, but we're going to let you run with us anyhow until we all come to the unity of the faith. And some of you don't know the history of the church, but the history of the church is, I'm talking about the organization of the 20th century, is that they mingled with us so long that they became good for nothing. And now where are they? 
Not only do they not believe in the essentiality of the message, but look at the people that do believe the essentiality of the message. They've got the largest congregations in America. They've got the largest congregations in Washington. They've got the largest congregation. You're not going to keep the unity of fellowship until you come to the unity of the faith, but they don't want to mar their inheritance with us. We don't want to go around y'all. Y'all say that a woman can't cut her hair. And what's wrong with a woman trimming her hair or cutting off the dead ends? I'll tell you what's wrong with come it. On. The word of the Lord said in 2 Corinthians 11, for this cause of the woman to have power upon her head because of the angels. The angels are looking down on you to night ladies oh it's still right I said it's still right that women have uncut hair it's still essential for salvation that women not cut their hair it's still holy it's still in order amen and not only that but I'll tell you what it's still essential that God have a church that is not decked out with gold and jewelry there's some people that don't want to mar their inheritance with us because you got to take off your wedding man uh, or we want you to take off your class ring uh, or we want you to take off your chastity ring uh, oh that don't mean nothing uh, I know men uh, that go into bar rooms and they look for women uh, that's got a wedding man on uh, and vice versa because that means Woo! that there's no connections to them uh, so if you use for an argument uh, I want my wife to wear a wedding man uh, because it shows that she's married uh, and people won't pick up on her uh, forget about it that old hag ain't pretty enough for folk to pick up on anyhow. I said that old heifer, she ain't got nothing nobody else wants. I'm telling you tonight that God wants a church that is holy, sanctified, separated, that is no jewelry, that is no earrings, that is no finger rings, that is no necklaces. Is this a holy church tonight? I said, is this a holy... Jeremiah 4 and 30. When thou art spoiled, what wilt thou do? Though thou clothest thyself with crimson, and though thou rentest thy face with painting, and though thou deckest thy flesh with ornaments of gold. Amen. And God said, I don't want my church to be adorned with gold, but I want them to be filled with the gold from the inside out. And the more gold you get on the inside, the less gold you'll need on the outside. The more holy you get on the inside, the less beauty you'll want on the outside. For God, hey man, I don't want to mar my inheritance. I don't want to mar my inheritance. But God, get that old spirit off of me tonight. I'm still thankful tonight that this is a holy church, a sanctified church, a separated from the world church. You mean to tell me? I don't want to invite people out to my church. I don't want to mar my inheritance on the job. That preacher gets up and tells the women that it's essential for a woman to wear a dress and to take off the pants and put on a dress. Deuteronomy 22 and 5, it was an abomination. Revelation 21, 27, abomination shall not enter the city of heaven. There were nine abominations named, and one of them, along with homosexuality, along 
wrong with murdering babies was women wearing men's apparel and men wearing women's apparel. And from the outset, when they sinned, they put fig leaves on their bodies and it was a unisex garment. And God said, you did wrong for two reasons. I wanted blood and then I wanted a distinction of the sexes. And God specifically said in Genesis 3 and 17, he said, now from Adam, the man, God made him a coat of skins. And for Eve, his wife, he made her a coat of skins as well. There was a distinction from the beginning. And God always has required a distinction of men and women in the house of God. That women would dress modest and holy with shamefacedness and sobriety. Oh, is there a holy church here tonight that is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? For it is the power of God and the salvation. Esther, Mama, where are you, Esther? Oh, I'm looking for an Esther tonight. Come on. Esther went before the king and she required nothing. And who do you think the king chose? She said, I'm choosing a woman that required nothing. She's the prettiest of all. You know what's attracting God in here tonight? Just some old Holy Ghost filled prayer meeting before the service. You know what's attracting God here tonight? Some anointed spirit filled singing and worship. You know what's attracting God here tonight? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. For God inhabits the praises of his people. I wonder if somebody needs the inhabitation of God right now. You ought to praise him. You ought to praise him. If you praise him, he will inhabit this house. If you praise him, I'm not talking about what you've always done. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got and always have what you've always had. But if you'll do something you've never done before, here I am, Lord, like Bartimaeus, cry out a little bit louder. Hey, Lord. Esther. And said... I'm going in there unsummoned. And if I perish, I perish. I'm going to preach as thou hast commanded me to preach. And if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. I'm going to be a soul winner. And I'd rather die trying to win souls and, and not win than I had sit on the sideline and talk about it. Some people only have a memory of what the church used to be. Some people only have a recollection of how we used to have revival. I'm telling you to build your faith tonight. My spirit is pure when I tell you that in this year of 2018, we have averaged one water baptism in the name of Jesus every day of the week an average of seven and we do it on Sunday mornings and on Sunday night and Tuesday nights that's not to brag but that's just to tell you that Jesus is still giving revival to the church and Jesus is still in charge this past Sunday we ran 18 buses on the road the majority of our bus captains and bus workers are 18 years and younger some of them's here tonight amen and we brought 
545 people to church on the Sunday school buses. Of those, we had five go down in the name of Jesus on Sunday morning. Amen. 127 people have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Somebody said, God can't do it. I want you to know that God is doing it. I said, God is doing it. The latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. This is not a time for you to be talking about what our forefathers did. Let's get on their shoulders and stand taller and say, your suffering was not in vain. Your suffering was not for nothing. But there's a church that's still in the world tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We talk about perpetual revival, and I know what we mean. The letters RE and the prefix of a word imply the meaning of doing it again. But we need to get to the place where we don't need a revival. We need to stay vibed. We need to get out in the streets on Monday morning and be vibed. And when we come in for midweek, we're vibed. So we can do more evangelizing than reviving. You can't revive what ain't never had life. I said, you can't give new life to what's never had life. Amen. We will have to evangelize our city. I'm telling you, amen, that one of our Bible classes on Wednesday night uh, that has been going on tonight for 55 months, uh, 63 people average in attendance uh, in a restaurant uh, uh, about the size of this section, uh, and those people come out every Wednesday night for an hour, uh, and we baptize over 40 people in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins uh, out of a home Bible study, uh, because somebody got a flyer on their door uh, and wanted to know what it was all about. Uh, I'm encouraging you tonight. I'm encouraging you to get the spirit of Caleb on you. To get the spirit of Joshua on you. Get the spirit of Ruth on you. Get to work in the field. I said get to work in the field. Get to work in the field. And watch God give an ingathering of the lost. Oh, come on in here. Where art thou, Daniel? If you pray to any other God for 30 days, I'm going to throw you in a den of lions. And Daniel did as he did aforetime. The only man in the Bible of whom it was written, there was an excellent spirit in him. Nobody else had an excellent spirit but Daniel. And Daniel said, I'm going to keep on praying. Don't matter what you threaten me with. I'm going to keep on praying. Let the same-sex crowd get brazen all they want. And I'm going to tell you what tonight. The same sex and the LGBTQT crowd, they are brazen. They are in our face. They are teaching from kindergarten up about doing away with personal pronouns and putting plural pronouns in their place to do away with the genders. It's happening in every state in America and we are legalizing marijuana and pills and euthanasia and we're doing all that. Amen. And they're not ashamed of their agenda. I said the homos and the faggots and the tight skinny jean crowd that's creeping over into the church and sometimes we're ashamed to tell people. Let me tell you, you're not going to offend people today. I said you can't preach it straight enough. You can't be straight laced enough. You, I'm telling you that people have seen everything and heard everything. When you got a mom and a dad that's two men or two women and some of them don't know what they are, you're not going to offend a young man or a young woman. Why don't you tell them, except you repent, you shall perish. Come with me to the house of God. If you like to be odd, there ain't nobody more odd than the church. Hallelujah. 
And if you don't have a straight-laced preacher, I don't blame you for not inviting people out to church. If you won't have a preacher that won't tell it like it is, I don't blame you for being afraid to bring people to church. A preacher that'll get up and preach sermonettes to Christianettes to make out of them minorettes so they can stay home from their Sunday night canceled service in front of their television sets while they're sucking on cigarettes. I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to invite anybody to church either. So cold of a church on Sunday morning uh, that Dr. Popsicle's up delivering his frozen TV dinner sermon. Uh, Amen. Fresh off of the World Wide Web. Uh, Look like any minute a polar bear come ice skating down the middle aisle uh, and shake hands with Dr. Refrigidaire. He's got so many degrees they call him Dr. Fahrenheit. But he's so open-minded that his brains have fallen out of his head. Hey man, if your PhD is not a Pentecostal holiness diploma, your PhD is just a phenomenal dummy. If your DD is not a devil disturber, you're just another divine dummy. I said you're just a dud for the devil. But what we need tonight is some holy rolling. Moan like a saw log, a Holy Ghost church of preachers. That's what got me in here, and that's what got you in here. And ain't nobody mad but the devil, and ain't nobody mad but the devil, and as long as he's mad, the church ought to be glad. Shout yes, shout yes. Where art thou, Jude? I write unto thee that thou would earnestly contend for the faith. Don't we need some men and women that are contend for the faith? Oh, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. There's not going to be a re-delivery. I heard Elder Cavanagh talk about one of our major Pentecostal organizations just this past past month or so. And he said a poll of the majority of the preachers do not believe that Acts 2.38 is essential for salvation. They'll baptize you at all if they baptize you in the titles of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and the sweet name of Jesus. A devil-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But you know what? If you want to argue about brethren to baptize the way Jesus baptized than the way Peter baptized, so would I. I want to baptize the way Jesus said to baptize. In the name of the Father. John 5 and 43, Jesus said, I am coming in my Father's name. And the name of the son is Jesus. Uh, Matthew 1 and 21, uh, she shall bring forth a son uh, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Uh, the name of the son is Jesus. Uh, in John 14 and 26, uh, the name of the Holy Ghost uh, is Jesus. Uh, but the comforter, uh, which is the Holy Ghost, uh, whom my father will send in my name. Uh, I'm glad I baptized in the name of the father, son, and Holy Ghost, uh, for there is salvation in no other, but neither is there salvation uh, but in the name of Jesus, six and two of Romans. No, you're not. That's so many of us as we're baptized into Christ. We're baptized into his death. If you want to baptize in the title of the Father, you better show me where the Father died. Give me book, chapter, and verse. But the Father can't die. He's an eternal spirit. If you're going to baptize in the title of the Holy Ghost, you got to show me where the Holy Ghost died. You can't do that either because the Spirit's eternal. But I can show you where the Son died. 100% God and 
sent man. He was all God and he was all man. As man, he slept in the bottom of the boat. But as God, he came to the bow and said, peace be still. As man, he wept outside of Lazarus' tomb. But as God, he said, come forth, Lazarus. As man, he hungered in the wilderness. But as God, he fed 25,000. As man, he was thirsty. But as God, he got a drink from Jacob's well. As man, he was tired and sat on the said well. But as God, he never sleeps and he never slumbers. He is the mighty God, the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in the church. And since we're on it tonight, the apostolics don't have no half-brothers. And we don't have no half-churches. And we don't have no ecumenical brothers in the Lord. You either believe that Jesus is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he's not a trinity. And he's not a God in the Godhead. I said Jesus is not in the Godhead. He, the Godhead, is in him. For in him, not them, dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you're complete. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. For in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. If you believe that Jesus is the mighty God, you ought to stomp on the devil right now. Shout yes. He's still the Holy Ghost in fire. Come on in here tonight. The spirits of just men. Come on in here tonight. I said, come on in here tonight. I'm calling on some spirits of just men. Where art thou? Where art thou, Jude? Earnestly contend for the faith. The Holy Ghost comes when you talk in tongues. And I'm telling you, in Acts 2 and 4, they talked in tongues. In Acts 8 and, and 12 and 13 and 16, they talked in tongues. In Acts chapter 8 and 32, uh, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized in the name of Jesus as well. In Acts chapter 10 and 1, Cornelius, he was devout, gave much alms, prayed to God always, and the entire of his house feared God. Just because you're devout and always praying and give a lot of money to the church and fear God with all your house don't mean you're saved. He didn't get the Holy Ghost for another 42 verses. And the reason we know that he got the Holy Ghost is because he talked in tongues. I'm telling you, he talked in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 and 22, wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. When you get the Holy Ghost, you will talk in another language that you've never talked in before. It's not an added blessing. It's not a maybe so, but it's an essential for requirement for you haven't received the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, you'll talk in tongues. Somebody said, I'll never talk in tongues. The devil's a liar and the truth's not in him. I said, when you get the real Holy Ghost, you'll talk in a language. And nobody has to teach you how to talk in tongues either. See my tie, come tie my tie, Honda Kawasaki, repeat after me. I'm telling you, that old fake 
make-believe counterfeit spirit that's all over the charismatic ecumenical world today, amen, that has watered us down to we have rendered ourselves ineffective. What's wrong with a holy roller? Amen, that'll tell them, no, there's one Lord and one faith and one baptism and one body and one spirit and one hope and one God and Father of all who's above all, through all, and in you all. Oh, what about some spirits here tonight? Don't you want some spirits of just men in this house tonight? Yes. I don't know about you, but I need them. I said, I need those spirits on me. I need Ruth in my life. I need Caleb in my life. I need Joshua all over me. I need Esther all over yeah. me. I need Daniel in my life. Woo. Woo. I'm going to keep on doing like I always did. You know what built great apostolic churches preaching? Barnstorming, window rattling, shingle pulling, hellfire and devil hating preaching that'll get underneath the fifth rib. Hey, I'm telling you, thank God for preachers. I vote for a preacher tonight. I said I vote for a preacher. Some of you want to be a drag on your pastor. Some of you want to be a drain on your pastor. Some of you want to be God's gift to the pastor to keep him straight. I'm telling you what, God's going to get you, man and woman. I said God's going to take care of business. If you're going to be in anything to your pastor uh, you ought to get the spirit of Aaron and her on you uh, I said you ought to get the spirit of Aaron and her on you uh, hey man give me two men right here give me two marsh oh give me two Marshallese men come on brother Clanry and brother Tulio uh, hey man these uh, are worldwide these are the majors of Majuro uh, and they got the spirit uh, of Aaron and her on them uh, hey man I know that Aaron and her uh, they looked at the battle uh, and the battle wasn't going right uh, and they said every time Moses arms fall down we start losing the battle why don't we get a spirit on us that's going to lift up the hands of the preacher and as long as his hands are up as long as his hands are up we're going to win you ought to get behind your pastor and lift him up lift him up I said don't be a drag on your prophet don't be a drain on your pastor lift him up lift him up because if you lift him up I said the spirit will be on them and when they go to Majuro somebody's going to lift their hands up and when they win some young men to God somebody's going to lift their hands up and the spirit keeps on duplicating it keeps on translating Oh yeah oh yeah Thank you Oh yeah Jesus Hallelujah Glory Keeps on going Glory Spirit of Mirage Curse Mirage Five and twenty-three of Judges. Curse ye, Miraz, saith the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly, Miraz. Why would you be cursed by the angel of God? For you came not to the help of your brother when he was in need. Your brother needed you and you weren't there for him. You, instead of picking him up, pushed him further down. They made him a mistake and, and fell out of church and said something they shouldn't have said and went somewhere they shouldn't have gone. And instead of you picking him up and brushing him off and bringing him to the altar and let him know I'm praying for you, you got on Facebook and on the phone and started running him down. You better be careful, brother. Six and one of Galatians said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spirit 
spiritual restore such in one in the spirit of meekness considering yourself lest you also be tempted why don't you put yourself in their shoes I'm thankful for a man of God that never gave up on me I said he never gave up on me when I didn't do just right and if you got a preacher worth his salt that's got a backbone like a saw log he might tell it like it is but he loves you in telling you the truth if he won't tell you the truth he doesn't love you that's right that's right that's right that's why the devil won't whip you when you don't do bad because he don't love you but Jesus he'll chastise whom he loveth without holiness no man shall see God Hebrews 12 and 14 without the Uh shedding of blood no man can have remission 9 and 22 of Hebrews Uh, and then without chastisement Hebrews 9 and 8 we're bastards and not sons 11 and 6 without faith it's impossible to please him whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth oh I want to get me a church where the pastor just pats me on the back and tell me how good I am while I'm on my way to hell why don't you when you get a cancer in your body go to a doctor and if you give him enough money just tell me everything's all right I don't want no bad reports and the doc says leave your money at the at the kiosk on your way out the door and that's a lot of America's churches today just leave your money in the offering plate on the way out the door and everything's all right come back next Sunday morning amen and we'll do it all over again but if you got a preacher that loves you enough to look you in the white of your eyes like the spirit of Nathan he didn't care if David could have killed him he did not care if David could have had him murdered Samuel loved him enough. I said, Nathan loved David enough to say, Thou art the man. Aren't you thankful for a pastor that'll say, Thou art the man. Thou art the man. And you better repent. Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Curse ye, Mariz. I said, Curse ye, Mariz. Help him, God. Jesus. What about you, Miriam? Oh, aren't there Miriams here? Oh, you, you're, you're prejudiced and you're angry and you're bitter because of who your brother married. You're mad because he married the Ethiopian woman. And God said, I curse you with leprosy. Oh, there was another woman too by the name of Michael. And she looked at the way David danced. Uh-huh. Oh, I seen some of you dancing that way tonight. Uh-huh. I said, there's some people yeah. called Michael that don't like the way you dance. Yeah. And you know what? David said, if you think I've done something, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> if you think we got crazy already, All you right. ain't seen nothing All yet. Right. And you know what God did to Michael? He shut her womb. She couldn't have no babies. You show me a dead church that don't know how to praise God and shout and run and dance. I'll show you a church that can't have no babies born yeah. in the altar. I said, it's this Sunday morning you better be the first one out in the aisle uh, and dancing uh, and get the spirit of Pentecost Uh, I said the spirit of Pentecost Uh, I said the spirit of Pentecost where they were all they were all in one mind and one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all I said they were sitting they weren't sitting anymore because when you get the Holy Ghost it'll change your posture it'll change the way you walk Where is that old spirit of Pentecost tonight? We ought to start this conference out on Wednesday night uh, with a spirit of Pentecost, uh, cloven tongues, uh, a drunk on the Holy Ghost, uh, so drunk they had to carry you out. 
the spirit of the Marshall Islands. I saw y'all have church over there when we was up preaching and sweating and, and sweat was sloshing in the shoes. Uh, all those weren't sweating because they didn't have shoes when they came to church. Uh, and they started dancing and, all, and most of the people barefooted in church uh, on shell floors walking to church. Uh, and they have church uh, like it'll be their last time in the house of God. Uh, you know what they got? They got the spirit of Pentecost on them. Uh, and the spirit of Pentecost uh, is better than any other spirit. Uh, it's better than a dead compromising spirit. I said, is there a shout in this house tonight? Uh, is there a Holy Ghost shout here tonight uh, that'll get the spirit of Pentecost? But if I tarry long, uh, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest uh, to behave thyself uh, in the house of God. Uh, in the house of God, behave yourself. Uh, I said, behave yourself. Uh, you better shout a little bit. Uh, you ought to dance a little bit. Uh, you ought to run sometime. Uh, you ought to jump sometime. <laughs> Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Spirit of a living God. Spirit of Jeremiah. I'm weeping for him, God. I said, I'm weeping for him. Rachel, weeping for her children. For they are not. In Ramah, there was a cry. Rachel, weeping for her children. Where are my children? Where are my children? For when Zion travailed. Isaiah, for when Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Go ahead and cry some, brother. Go ahead and weep some, sister. Why do you weep? Why do you cry, little preacher? Why do you cry, little preacher? Why do you cry, little woman? I'm crying because the graveyard's filling up with people that's on their way to hell. I've got to cry and when Zion cried God is going to bring forth some babies I prophesy buses on you I prophesy evangelism on you I prophesy Sunday school on you oh something's sitting on you right now I said the spirit of Jeremiah is coming on you the spirit of David is coming on you when the spirit of the Lord comes upon my life I will dance like David danced when the spirit of the Lord cry some more mama cry some more daddy cry some more Oregon cry out Washington cry out California cry out Idaho cry out Montana let the spirit of Jeremiah come upon you the spirit of Leah give me children lest I die give me children lest I die rain down on me 
said, give me children lest I die. Cry out, sister. Transform your Sunday school department. Transform your church. What can your pastor do with five unconverted people on the pew Sunday? What can your pastor do? What can your pastor do with a new convert on the pew Sunday? Come on, get the spirit of Pentecost. The spirit of Caleb says, I can. Lord, I'm a... Go all the way. Come on, it's time for Holy Ghost evangelism. It's time for Pentecost to show up and show out. Put the spirit of their pastor on them. I said, put it on them.
to fire.